Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you guys are surviving and thriving. I am still carrying symptoms of having had COVID. Uh, yes, it is something that has touched us all. <laughs> uh, for those that haven't had it, I hope you don't get it. Definitely, definitely, definitely not fun. And um, as you can hear in my voice, I definitely still have some residual congestion, but uh, surviving, not quite thriving. But, uh, you know, look, New Year. That means we are accepting a different world. And that's kind of what uh, I think I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about how can we carry a different perspective? How can we, you know, do the best we can within the context of all that's happening around us and within the world and um, take care of ourselves and find a little joy and pleasure mental health while doing all the above. So um, got a lot to talk about as always. DMs are open. You got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our love line IG page. We want to hear from you. Topics you want covered, questions you got for us, whatever it is that's going around, popping, percolating, and uh, sticking in your head. Let us know. Unload that. We all got, you know, we all got a lot of questions. We can all learn from them. Wanted to kind of open the show just talking about a quick little easy framework for a little bit of a self-regulation way to ground ourselves. And, you know, again, we're always starting with ourselves, although feel free to offer this to those that might benefit from it. Be thoughtful about not slinging these things around or weaponizing them, you know, it's, there's a real fine line between lovingly reflecting, uh, to those around us, how we feel being in their lives and how we feel with having them in our lives and, and, and being very judgy and critiquey because we're moving into the new year, letting go of judgment and, um, being more curious. We're being more curious, which means we're holding things loosely. We're, we're, we're moving into a lot more acceptance. We're not battling things. We're loosening our grip. Things are, you know, often very complicated and difficult and painful because we're holding on too tightly to wanting things to be other than what they are. Uh, my favorite example is always you leave the house in the morning and, you know, you didn't want COVID <laughs> or you leave the house in the morning and, you know, you were hoping for warmer weather or a sunnier day and the weather's not too great. Um, so you go back in the house and you put on the required clothing to adjust to whatever the weather is. You know, it's just kind of where we are right now. 
we're meeting everything with ease. I, I, I actually have that written down. I don't know. If, I, I think I did share this many, 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 many minutes ago. Uh, excuse me. Not minutes, but months ago. See, <clears throat> that's the uh, symptoms still kicking around. A little foggy in the head. Uh, so bear with me, y'all. But got my buddy Caffeine over here. Yeah, I have Post-it notes that I actually um, put around my home that have reminders. And that's one of them. Meet everything with ease. Uh, the caveat that I always try to remind people that, you know, really is involved in this. And I'm going to maybe put out a social media post on it. I just haven't had the energy for much, definitely not social media. Uh, I have less and less these days is that anything that's truly an injustice or harm when harm is being caused, we of course want to address that, you know, be loud, be, be what they call, you know, good trouble. Uh, but if something's an annoyance or a frustration that we have to be willing to just let go of. And I think that that's a really higher level, mature, um, ethic, uh, uh, decision-making rubric where we really understand that distinction that of course there's always gray areas and things are more complicated than that but I, I can't give you know completely uh, universal uh, things that apply to all situations so you gotta you have to be a critical thinker and kind of apply these on your own a little bit but most things will generally fall into one of two camps harm is being done and something's an injustice and of course it needs you know engagement or it's something that's annoying and frustrating you have to learn how to just kind of ride that out and let that go and I was working with clients on that and we were talking about how it really applies to a lot of different scenarios individual experiences in our lives uh, relational experiences things that are going to come up at work or between friends and social groups but it's also something for those that are early dating on dating apps let me give you an example that really applies to that because I think those are um, something that's really fundamental, but very, um, very useful because you're, you know, on these dating apps and, and in the dating world, you're encountering a lot of different personalities, a lot of different personality um, types and styles and quirks and idiosyncrasies. And I think that people don't understand, and I've talked about this on the show, I've written many articles about this. So if you want to See some of the articles I wrote about it. Um, you can go to my website, drchrisdonahue.com, or my Medium. Medium is a is a hosting site for uh, publishing articles. So basically, you just Google Medium and then my name, Chris Donahue. And I was talking about this distinction and how um, things that are annoying or frustrating those are not deal breakers. We did a whole show on this. There's a difference between a deal breaker, something that actually is is bad and toxic and harmful versus something that's annoying and frustrating. And I was clearly trying to explain that someone being a mouth breather or making noise when they eat or liking music you don't like and all these other things, those are annoyances and frustrations. We do not dump people over them. We do not not go on a date with them. We do not block and, and disconnect over that. Those are things we have to learn how to deal with. Um, Let's take a break and we'll come back because I, I really want to get to what my larger point was, but I'm kind of kind of dropping these gems uh, on that little bit of a road there. So stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We will be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, y'all, we are back. And before the break, I was trying to give you all a smackdown. Trying to develop uh, a delineation between all these different experiences that we're going to have all out in the world, whether you are single, in a relationship, dating, married, kids, family members, at a job, working from home, working somewhere. And the, the global umbrella messages, acceptance. Let me tell you that if I can nail that in my own life, and, and I see this happening with clients and people that I care about, if we could let go of the things that are you know, worthy of letting go of, or also even some things that maybe are bigger deals, but we don't have any power over them. There is so much peace, contentment, and mental health on the other side of that. And there's a lot of different things in our culture that really, really support this work. There are complete therapy modalities rooted in this acceptance and commitment therapy act, which I think is a very, very profound, important um, psychological theory that I apply in my work. There's also DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy, which is used for people that struggle with emotional regulation. I've brought this up a few times. Those are very much rooted in Eastern philosophy, which is about acceptance, right? Um, And those are very, very, very important things. And then we have things like the serenity prayer from the 12 steps, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, you know, understanding what I can and can't right? Accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can. So if there's things you can do about it, yo, get in there, do it. And the wisdom to understand the distinction, the difference between the two. And that's what I think is a really important lesson. Understanding what are the things that I can change? And if I can all do it, bam. But if I can't, I let it go. 
And so all of these center around this idea of finding contentment by releasing our grip. And we are very much fused or hooked by some judgments that we make. And we really feel very confident in what we think should be happening instead of what's currently happening. We feel a little too confident in how we think someone should be behaving or responding versus what's really happening. And that's where a lot of mental illness, mental struggle, uh, lack of contentment and unhappiness comes in. That judgment that it should be other than it is. And again, if, if change can be created, do it. If it's a true injustice and harm is happening, bam, please. But if it's something that's annoying and frustrating, let that go. And clients will come into my office, especially in couples therapy, and they will be so secure and confident in them in, in, as they are telling me a story about what their partner has done that has been so annoying for them. And it is nothing rooted in harm. It is nothing that's toxic. It is just something that's annoying and frustrating to them. And they themselves, in their judgment that what is happening should not be happening, and in their judgment and decision that this other human being should be living their lives differently is the issue. The issue is their perspective. That instead of just being you know, someone who's observing and noticing what's happening from a place of, again, allowing and acceptance, uh, they get really hooked and caught up, and that's the issue. They need to detach from that and say, yeah, whatever's happening might not be ideal or what I want, but nothing bad or wrong is happening. Um, acceptance doesn't mean that I'm saying what's happening is okay, but it's making room because that's what life is, y'all. Things happening that aren't ideal, things happening that aren't maybe what we wanted, things happening that are disappointing or frustrating. But your perspective is what's the problem, not what's happening. Because life is about finding ways to stay grounded and content and calm amidst chaos. Think of COVID. Uh, Accepting COVID doesn't mean we're saying it's okay and we want it. Accepting it means I acknowledge that it's happening. I acknowledge that there's only so much I can do and I will do the things I can do. Wear a mask, get vaccinated, get tested. And outside of that, I still might get infected. I can't tell you how uh, many precautions I took and I got COVID and continue to take so I don't get it again and so that I heal. But I have to accept that it exists. I have to accept that it happened. And fighting that or battling that or blaming someone or something really just pulls me out of my mental health. And so what is the work then? It's about accepting, which means noticing and observing, but not always critiquing and judging and demanding that things be different. Again, if something is harmful or toxic or an injustice, by all means, battle, battle, battle. But if it's annoying or frustrating, let it go. Ah, yes. The powerful let it go. Be be confident that there is the entire, you know, uh, East, all of Eastern philosophy. That is, that is like one of the, the bare bones anchored threads of it is that. That is what that practice is about. Being amidst chaos and being grounded and calm because you've let go of things needing to be other than they are. That's the most powerful mentally healthy person is that in the midst of whatever's happening, they're not caught up in it. They're not hooked. And like I said, DBT, ACT, these are all different psychological modalities that are very much rooted in that. And I see that in my clients. A lot of what's going on that is a problem isn't what actually is happening, but them being obsessed with trying to change or control or hooked around these situations. When if they just let go, life moves on. We move on and we drift away from it. So if you're in a lot of pain, if you're struggling with something profoundly, 
um, ask yourself, is it because I'm holding on too tight? Is it because I'm not willing to just go into acceptance? Is it not? Is it maybe just because I won't let go? Uh, being in relationships are, regardless of what kind they are, you know, having a friendship, family members, romance partners, um, is about accepting a lot of things that you wish were different. Otherwise, you are saying, I want perfect. And everyone will say, we know perfect is impossible. But yet by saying, but I need these things to be different, we are then saying, I need it to be perfect. Being in any relationship to any other human being is about accepting things that are less than ideal or not what you wanted or are frustrating or annoying. That is part of the deal. And you don't get to choose the easier versions of that. So when there's something that comes up that is a struggle or frustrating, say, ah, yeah, that, that is expected. That is part of this. I accept that. There's, there's so much peace on the other side of that. So that's what I'm practicing and that's what I offer to all of you. And we can find micro moments and macro moments in our lives where we can really bring that to ourselves. We gift that to ourselves, right? All right, we're gonna take a little break. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. And um, even though, you know, we have the symptoms of the flu and a cold and whatnot, we are here. We are focused. The show must go on. You know, it's like the demonstration of self-care and also uh, commitment and resilience. You know, I took the time off that was needed so I could heal. I'm still not better. But um, I don't like downtime. It's funny. It... Uh, you know, again, we talk about how we live in a world where we tie our worth and our value to our productivity. And um, we are constantly in motion, adding layer upon layer of activity. You know, favorite examples always, we can't just stand in line at Starbucks listening to the music and people watching. We gotta be on our phone too. We can't just be laying at home watching a movie. We also have to be on our phone. Uh, we don't know how to not have multiple layers of stimulation happening at all time. I saw this heinous, heinous article. Broke my heart about how, and I don't remember the exact formula, but how television shows now needed a certain number a certain number of edits built in to keep people stimulated. Meaning, instead of just, a, you know, again, I don't know the technical jargon, but instead of just having a scene where there's one shot and it, you're sitting with it for a long period of time and you're, and you're listening to dialogue and you're watching people's expressions, instead now scenes are like pop, 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 pop. They're cutting over here, they're cutting over there. It's a tight shot, it's a wide shot. It's, it's both of them, then it's one person's face. And, and now that's what we need to do. Otherwise people are like, wow, it's a really slow movie. And it's like, dear God in heaven, most movies used to just be maybe a wide shot, every now and then a tight shot. And it was really about sitting with the material, letting an experience be in, you know, invoked inside of you. And now we just want pop, 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 pop. We want bright, shiny objects. Well, that's what I was realizing. Whether you want to or not, you're conditioned into it. And there I am sitting at home, sick. I'm unable to do literally anything. Tired, uh, foggy head. Um, <clears throat> you can still hear it. And all I really can do is lay there, but yet I'm like, oh my God, I'm bored. It's like, whoa, but rest. Um, maybe allow yourself to come in and out of a movie or, or read something and um, I'm up, I'm down, I'm all over the place. God bless it. So yeah, that's that's my work in the new year. I have a lot of, um, not goals, because I'm working on contentment, which means the opposite of goals. I'm working on contentment, which means just being happy with where I am and what I have and not needing to be like, oh, what's on the agenda for this year? And, and what, what kind of growth are you looking for? I'm not looking to, for any growth. I'm working on letting myself be who I am and where I am while also acknowledging that I do want to be my better self. So lessening the intensity. So all of that to say, 
Um, what I would love for everyone to be working on <laughs> is more of their emotional health. And um, <clears throat> I'm always trying to track these three different uh, qualities or pieces of emotional health and regulation and their sensitivity, reactivity, and time to balance or time to equilibrium. And those are the three, three main pieces that most people struggle with. Some people struggle with all of them. Some people struggle with one of them. Uh, sensitivity being how easy is it for you to be upset, made upset or frustrated by someone else or yourself? How sensitive are you? How much does it take to kind of throw you off or dysregulate you or frustrate you? That's sensitivity. How easy is that? Then reactivity is really about, well, then what happens? How reactive are you to whatever it is that you're sensitive to? Are you very big and dramatic or is everything very right-sized and appropriate? Um, some people are very sensitive and then very reactive. And then the final piece is time to equilibrium. How long does it take for you to chill out and get over something? Are you someone where something can happen and you're like frustrated, you spill your coffee on yourself and then you wipe it up and then you're like, okay, time to go and you walk out of the house and your smile's back on your face or is that bad moment become an entire bad morning? Does a bad morning become an entire bad day? How long does it take you to get back to balance and to chill out? Because um, a healthy person, this magical person who we're all trying to be apparently is not that sensitive. We're like, you know, little things, they can roll with it. Then they're not reactive, meaning when these little sensitive things happen, eh, you know, they hit it at about a two or three, not everything's a 10, because if everything's a 10 and you're sensitive to everything, you're exhausting to be around. You're exhausting for yourself, you're exhausting for others. That's not a good person for us to want to be with. Uh, so work on that. And then time to equilibrium is how long does it take you to get over stuff? Work on getting over things faster. I say this, on the I say this all the time to everyone around me. Don't let a bad moment be a bad hour. A bad hour doesn't have to be a bad morning. A bad morning doesn't have to be an entire bad day. A bad day doesn't have to be a bad week, but we'll do that. We start off or in the middle of the day, something happens. We're like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. No, it's not. That, just there. Let it go. Come right back to balance. So ask yourself that. Am I too sensitive? And, or am I too reactive? Or am I able to right-size things? Should, you know, if it's a 10, let it be a 10. But if it's a four, respond like a four. And how long does it take you to chill out? And if you're in a relationship to anyone, you have coworkers, you have family members, you have friends, you're in a relationship, work on this. Do this for them, if not just for you. It's really hard to move through the world where everything throws us off. And then we have such a big dramatic response, well beyond what's warranted for what happened. And then it takes us forever to get over it. That is not good. If that is you, you might want to get into some therapy. Maybe that's what you should do this year. So let me get into some therapy to really work on these pieces because I know that I can't move through the world this way and make others happy and myself happy. This is, this is, these are not the most ideal traits. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to do some DMs and then we're going to come right back. So if you've got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. So go over there and check them out podcast style. All right, y'all, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Oh boy, here we go. For you those that have a question for us, drop the DMs on our Loveline IG page in the DMs. Um, this one says, hey, Dr. Chris, I've become a medical assistant. I love that. Y'all want a job that will pretty much... Although it will be a handful, might stretch out at times, but you'll feel like you've done something of purpose and meaning and you're always going to be needed. Medical field, become a nurse. I can't tell you how, how much I'm advocating for people to become nurses because the nurses in my life are making bank. They have so much power and control. They are needed. There's a shortage. They will always be employed. There's so many different things you can do. 
but you got to be down for the long haul education because you know it's, it's true training i had a friend who was like really not really uh taking seriously what what that educational process looks like but i think it's a really beautiful thing medical assistance awesome as well you know anything in healthcare, you can always go home being like wow i really did something anyway back to your question you said dear dr chris i've become a medical assistant and my spouse is always doubting me because i've started to make more income than him see here we go old school heterosexist scripts that uh, based on our gender, we're gonna feel emasculated if someone with a different anatomy than ours uh, makes more money than us. See how ridiculous it sounds when you put it like that? I never bring up the topic, he does, and it's getting very tiring. I want him to stop putting his insecurities on me and just be happy for me now that we have more overall income. I mean, really listen to this person's question. This person's like, as a couple, we now make more money. I'm happy doing what I'm doing and my husband, rooted in absolutely nothing but his own insecurity because he has a penis and I have a vagina. And because he has a penis, he thinks he has to make more money. I mean, that's what we're really talking about. When you put it in those terms, you hear the ridiculousness of it. There's, you know, and I, I appreciate toxic masculinity and male fragility, but you know what, y'all? For others that are males, like, get over it. Let it go. And for the females, don't be with men that think in sexist, traditionalist ways. Be with a man who thinks in terms of balance, equal power, equal say, happy when you're happy. Those are the things you want to look for. So I'm using this question as a cautionary tale. People that think in old school traditionalist ways think in old school traditionalist ways. So when people are like, I want an old school man. I want him to pay for everything and open the door. I'm like, good. He's also going to be upset if you make more. He's also going to maybe slut shame you. He's also going to maybe try to tell you what, to, what you can wear, who your friends are. And he's probably going to try to go through your phone. You don't actually want that. I appreciate that there's some financial and other gains to it, but like you don't want that. We want, you want balance. And the healthier guys I work with don't want that either. They're like, I want someone who also will pay sometimes and will also ask me out, will also get me gifts. Like, I, I, we gotta get away from this gender stuff because this question's an example of that. It's rooted in nothing. So to the, the person who wrote the question, tell your partner, set the boundary. Say to them, I appreciate that you have anxiety about the fact that I make more, but I'm no longer willing to engage in that conversation with you. And then ready for this, don't. L literally no longer engage in the conversation. When it comes up, say, yeah, I'm gonna step away. When it comes up, say, yeah, again, I'm unwilling to have this conversation again. And you say to him, this is what it is. And if that's not comfortable for you, I trust that you'll do what you need to do to feel good about it. But I'm no longer taking responsibility for your insecurity. And then don't. When we set a boundary, we have to then hold the boundary because your husband's going to knock it down and try to trample over it. You're responsible for holding it. So I want you to not ever engage in that conversation because that's not a real conversation. This person's just vomiting unprocessed insecurities on you and essentially is wanting you to take responsibility for them. And you're not doing that. You're giving them back to him. And you're saying, I'm unwilling to step into this conversation any further. I have boundaries around topics in my life with certain people in my life where I'm like, I'm done engaging in this. It's not good for me. I'm doing nothing wrong. But <clears throat> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for living the life that makes sense to you. And I'm really sorry that you're with a partner who doesn't feel good about what they're doing. Because that's what he's really saying. He's saying, I don't feel great about my position in this relationship. I don't feel good about my position financially or career-wise in the world. And I'm going to really somehow make it about you as though you're responsible for that. And I'm not going to celebrate your successes. That's gross. So be better than that, you know? I'm not trying to shame anyone. I'm trying to motivate you to be better than this example in this couple. These are cautionary tales because there's no solution other than setting that boundary. But do that. 
you don't need to be a part of him processing that. You've done nothing wrong, so give that back to him. All right, y'all, if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. We want to hear from you, whatever your questions are, truly. It helps everyone learn as well. And then uh, past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Lots of good stuff. It's all about the repetition, people. We got a lot to unlearn. We got a lot to practice. So this is kind of a little, you know, support to that, compliment to that. But stick around. We'll be back. We're going to talk about uh, changing our relationship to alcohol. I'm going to be talking a lot more about that. So get ready, y'all. All right. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris, Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back. Uh, caffeine has kicked in a little bit more, so uh, back back at it we go. So one of the things that, uh, again, I want to really bring in in the new year because we're still in the new year is improvement. Um, we're, we're always working on acceptance. I think that that's a really necessary lens that I want to keep weaving into everything I bring to the show. Also, when I eventually get back to utilizing social media, which uh, for those that follow me on social media, I've been quite quiet for a few months. Um, and I guess that's a topic for another time, but I just, you know, what people are seeking in social media just really isn't of interest to me or what I really offer. And I see what is getting the most likes and views, and it's just a direction that uh, I'm not interested in and I don't value. <laughs> so I'm gonna get back to posting things that are relevant to me, even though they tend to be not as relevant to all of my followers. But you know what? People come to follow individuals for a multitude of reasons. But, um, you know, if you're looking for those psychological gems, those are the things I'll be bringing back at probably a lot less of my personal life. Anywho, one of the things I was trying to get to is acceptance. It's a really, really, really life-changing concept, and I will be scattering that concept and how to apply it throughout all the different topics, even when I'm not addressing it directly. Know that a lot of the themes that I bring in are still present. And like always, the topics are really kind of relevant to everyone, but acceptance, you know, again, is not about saying you're content or happy with how things are. Um, acceptance also isn't a denial or avoidance of creating necessary change. It's quite the opposite. Um, it's really mental health centered because we know that shame or pressure, guilt, none of those things are motivating and they don't really lead to long-term second level change. First level change is that superficial stuff. Um, the joke with the, at the gyms is that everyone joins a gym in January, first level change, look at me doing it. But it's not really something that's meaningful to some or enjoyable to others. And so it's not truly based on who they are or, or what's gonna be meaningful to them. And so they kind of back out. And we're always needing to work on ourselves. I say that all healthy relationships are about sitting down at some point and asking each other what we need to work on as a couple. But acceptance is taking all of the anxiety, the stress, the shame, the guilt away from it. Um, so what does that mean? It means really backing away of judgment. It means backing away of beating ourselves up. So we're moving into the new year, trying to work on accepting things as they are. Um, I'm always working on that. And I always come back to this same couple examples. Um, things might not be the way you want them. You change what you can change and what you can't, you kind of learn to allow. So the role that drugs and alcohol play in people's lives, I think is another really interesting one. Um, I know in my own life, I'm seeing a lot of people as the new year unfolded, kind of stepping into sobriety, or at least just looking at their relationship to alcohol. We've talked about it on the show and I will start to bring it up more and more because I think it's an important thing for us to constantly be assessing. So for those that want to really kind of, um, <clears throat> excuse me still dealing with uh, symptoms. Um, really wanna look at 
alcohol, the first step is just looking at what your current relationship to it is. What role does it play in your life? And I think there's something really courageous in that. Um, how often are you drinking? More meaningful than that, what are the reasons? How do you feel before, during, and after? Remember that one? Ah, uh, yes, Dr. D's favorite assessment tool for looking at the role that anything plays in your life and maybe, you know, it's a really important part of assessing what should be removed or, you know, what, what, what in your life needs a shift in the relationship you have with it. How do you feel before? How do you feel during? How do you feel after? Those are really three important touchstones. And I think in our culture where alcohol is woven into everything, literally everything, you know, you go to a soccer game, let's drink, you go to a movie, let's drink, you go to, you know, it's everywhere and everything. So I think it's hard for some people to want to really look at the role it is. But how do you think, how do you feel about the person, the place or the thing when you're moving towards it, or you're thinking about spending time with it? How do you feel why you are actually engaging in it or with it or around it? And how do you feel after you've walked away from it? Um, that's, I mean, look, a lot of people don't even want to think about that in terms of the people that they're married to or dating. And then there's other things in our lives. Um, exercise, the way we might be exercising. Because remember, just because something's good for some or something's good in moderation, that doesn't mean that more is always better. And exercise is another thing that we have to look at. I work with a lot of people that have disordered eating and um, definitely are disordered in their relationship around the gym and their bodies. So again, this applies to that as well. So the general question we're asking is just again, assessing your relationship to whatever this is, but we're talking right now specifically about alcohol. Um, what kind of impact does it have on your relationships? I mean, that's one of the more meaningful things that we have in our lives. And so if something's negatively impacting our relationships, our eating, our, you know, fitness, our drinking, our drug use, even maybe other people in our lives, that's something to look at. Um, How does it impact work? It's another tough one. Does it make it harder to get up? Does it make it harder to be present? Does it make it harder to be productive in the ways that are important to you or you know, are, are, are your more baseline or standard? Um, also, how much space does this said topic, again, we're talking specifically about alcohol, but you can plug in anything. How much time do you spend thinking about it? That's really, really, really enlightening and clarifying. How much time do you spend thinking about it positively or negatively, battling it, trying to set boundaries around it, cleaning up things that have happened? Gonna take a break. We'll come back, keep talking about this. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. Oh, right, y'all. We are back. We are lovingly, <laughs> lovingly assessing what we want the new year to be about. We are lovingly, because we're not being hard on ourselves. We are not shaming or guilting. Um, I was talking to someone over over the holiday and uh, this topic came up of <clears throat> what our new year's goals are essentially. I just kept saying contentment. And um, I said, you know, just being happy with what is and where I am. I don't need to work on anything, I said. <laughs> Not because I'm flawless or perfect, but because I'm I'm learning to be less pressurized with myself and I'm learning to set less goals and I'm learning to really just be more present with what I already have and to be thankful for what I have and to enjoy what I have. I don't need more. I, I like the people that are in my life. I like the work that I'm doing. I, I have no larger goals. My goals are almost an anti-goal, just being more present with what I have and being happy. 
And it was shocking to this person who asked the question because they're used to always, what's next? Bigger, faster, harder, more, make more money, acquire more things, go to more places. And I was like, nah, I'm cool. I've spent my whole life going, doing that, trying to do more in my career. And, you know, I have two books out. People are like, when's the third book? When are you going to be back on television? I'm like, y'all, I'm just trying to be happy with what I've built so far. Like, let me be. <laughs> and um, it was just interesting to see how, that's an that's a really um, surprising, I don't know, destabilizing concept for some people because we live in a culture where we always think it's about more, faster, bigger, harder. You know, um, I think we need to back off of that. Just be be glad with where you're at. You know, yes, I want some things to be different. Yes, I want to always be aware of myself. Um, but contentment's what really leads to happiness. Um, so, having said that, we're still we're still aware of how we're moving through the world. It can be both. And so before the break, I was talking about just alcohol because there's a lot of people that realize through, I guess, pandemic and even the holidays that maybe alcohol was playing a role or occupying space that they're not comfortable with. And look, this is a very controversial topic because I come from the harm reduction world. I come from the world where we talk about the fact that it's not about getting off of all drugs and alcohol. That's about something else. It's about just being healthier. It's about um, living your life fully. It's about being able to find contentment. And sometimes some people's alcohol use gets in the way of that. And not everyone needs to completely remove it from their lives. Um, some people have a problem drinking, but they don't have a problem with cannabis. Some people might have a problem with certain substances, but drinking doesn't create an issue in their life. And so everyone's sobriety, if that's the word that makes sense for them, is going to be different. We don't need to necessarily go along with what the 12 steps say, which is about complete abstinence. Great. That's awesome for some people. Not everyone needs that. And that's not even accessible or reasonable for everyone. And so everyone has to have a different definition of what's sobriety for them. And we have things like medic medicine assisted therapies. That's awesome where people are using ketamine infusions people are using psychedelics and some people their sobriety and their mental health is managed by cannabis use um, just like some people's mental health and sobriety is managed by antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds um, my life is made better by the use of the drug caffeine that is absolutely a psychoactive substance um, some people use steroids some people you drink caffeine some people use food to elevate their mood um, the work isn't about purity because then what are you going after and who are you doing it for? And so I want to remind everyone that I'm working with a lot of clients where their sobriety is just off of alcohol. I'm working with some clients where their sobriety is just off of, you know, cocaine or heroin or things like that. And they're using marijuana happily and, and perfectly or um, other medication assistance, uh, naltrexone, suboxone, um, all sorts of things. And it's like whatever's making your life better and your mental health improve, I'm on board with. And that's a harm reduction model. And so I'm all about that. I'm all about these safe injection sites, which are popping up all over. People can use drugs in supervised ways. Why? Because it prevents death. And we've talked about on the show, we're not letting people hit rock bottom. We're trying to make people not hit rock bottom. We're offering people the services we can. We're not kicking people out of our homes. Um, we're trying to care for people. And so all of that to say, when we're looking at a relationship to alcohol, that doesn't necessarily mean because there's been problems, you have to remove it. But maybe it does. Because having said everything I said, I'm also the same person that will say, I don't think your life is going to be made worse by accidentally removing something, a drug or an alcohol that maybe you could have found a better relationship with, but it's not worth doing that work. And so that's where some people land. They're like, I don't know if I'm truly an addict or an alcoholic, but it's not worth really putting the time and energy. I'll just remove this substance from my life or I'll just work on changing my relationship to it. You have to decide. Everyone needs something different. But 
I've worked with some people where they've been led to believe that if you have a problem with one thing, you have a problem with everything, and the only way to be sober is to be off of everything. And that's not true, that's not honest, and that's not appropriate for everyone. Some people will have different versions of sobriety and others will be assisted with the use of medications. <clears throat> I'm here for it because my goal isn't 12 steps in AA's theories. My goal is mental health. My goal is whatever's going to make your life better and improve, you know, your functioning I'm on board with. So when we look at our relationship to drugs and alcohol, I don't want people to do it under the duress of, oh my God, you know, I might not like what the answer expects of me. Well, we can work with that. Maybe we're just going to use less, use less often, or just use safer. That is right. I work with some people on how can they still use the drugs and alcohol they want to use because 90%, 95% of people that use drugs do not have a problem. Only five to 10% of people really have a truly addictive problem and need to remove it. So for the other people, the work is about how can we use safer? And I, I used to talk about that on the show around music festival time, using with others, letting people know what you've done, testing your drugs, staying hydrated, all sorts of different things so as to be able to engage in that world. Because there are some adults that can use party drugs on the weekends and they're high functioning, they don't have addictions, and that's their jam. That was not the case with me. I don't have an interest in participating in all of that. That is not my jam. That's not my vibe. That is not my world. But it is for some people, right? So I say all that so that we can reduce the anxiety of these kinds of conversations because you can drop into this and still make decisions that are right for you. Um, all right, we're going to take a little break and we're going to come back. DMs are always open. So if you got a DM for us, that means a question you got, a topic you want covered, something you want us to drop back deeper into, let us know. That is the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And as always, past episodes of Loveline are over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. We'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and um, we're kind of doing the New Year's resolutions, anti-resolutions, working on acceptance while also looking at what are some things we might want to change our relationship to. I know it sounds very incongruent, but it's completely congruent because, you know, we're being kind with ourselves and we're gently and lovingly looking at the relationship we have to certain things while also realizing we're working on just being content with what we have. So it's a little bit of both. Um, my God, this year has been a rough one. And if anything, we need to go softer on ourselves and uh, be slower. There's so much I want to talk about. So the rest of this week's shows is going to be beautifully all over the place because while I was homesick, um, when I had the energy, I would still be looking for interesting topics and articles. And I found a lot of cool stuff. So I'm excited to share that with you all. So make sure you join us the rest of this week. Um, but anyway, right now we were just kind of talking about alcohol, harm reduction. You're going to hear more and more of that. The old school standard was just kind of like, oh, if something creates problems, you got to completely remove it from your life. Well, sometimes. <laughs> and that doesn't speak universally to everything. Um, and a lot of different celebrities have really brought all these different con concepts and whatnot to the to the surface. So I just want people to be happy. I just want people to live their lives fully. Uh, peer pressure is a really hard one where we tend to adopt the norms and values of those that we spend the most time around. So, I mean, that's just like a general mental health topic. You know, how do you feel about the, the values and the ethics of those you spend time around? Because those really become normalized and become yours. But also when we're looking at our relationship to things like drugs and alcohol, that uh, that applies as well. If your friends tend to not drink that much, that's eh, going to really reduce yours. And if your ten, you know, if your friends tend to equate alcohol and drugs with everything they do socially, well, that's going to really probably impact you as well. So I appreciate that for some people who maybe want to go dry during January or maybe want to 
check out sobriety beyond January, that that will sometimes impact your social life. And I think for some people, that's the hardest thing. But I do want to remind everyone, as myself being a non-drinker, I also do not use drugs. Well, I do use drugs. I shouldn't say that. I use the drug of caffeine every single day um, and other things that can be mind-altering at times. But um, I've been really, you know, it's been important to me to really look at anything that's creating issues and remove them from my life. But that does change your social world. And what that really means is, drum roll, that you sometimes have to just change your social world. I want you to know that there are a wealth of people outside of what you've come in contact with and what you're familiar with because we tend to go to the same places and tend to be around the same people. And maybe you have to access these things online or on social media, but there's a wide, beautiful world of fun people still out there doing stuff, but sober. So know that you can still do the same things you're doing. You just might have to do them with different people or do them in different ways. You can still go to concerts. You can still go to even bars if you want. You just do it differently. You go with different people maybe. Um, You also maybe just leave earlier. Maybe you go later. But yeah, changes are coming, y'all. Changes are coming. I think that's what's so great, though, is um, there's more and more people really trying to reduce their drinking and drug use. So hopefully that should help. Social pressure is a really powerful thing. My God. Um, But mental health matters, too. Um, And that's what really leads a lot of people to make these changes. It's not just, you know, it's impacting their work or things like that. It's also because they're like, I just don't like the way I feel. (sighs) a lot of stressors. So it's hard at times like this to really pinpoint what might be the cause. (laughs) Correlation is not causation. So just because something else is there when you're not feeling great, it doesn't mean that that thing is what's causing it. It just might be correlated part of. Um, But check it out. That's why I love when people are like, yeah, I'm going to go drive for January or I'm going to go vegan for January and see how I feel. I'm like, that's awesome. You owe that to yourself. Do that experiment. You, You can change your mind. It's not a promise. It's not a commitment. You're allowed to change your mind at any time. There's tons of people talking about going more plant-based. I love that. It's better for the environment. It's better for your body, right? I mean, I, I want to do a whole segment on it. Um, plant-based kingdom has zero cholesterol. It is, you know, plant-based diet, a vegan diet is the only diet we know that prevents and reverses heart disease. Oh yeah, and tons of cancers. Meat and dairy are associated with tons of cancers and heart disease. Heart disease is the number one killer in the world especially in America. And that is tied to things like high blood pressure and cholesterol and saturated fat and all these things that are rooted in meat and dairy. Um, So it will have a huge systemic impact positively on you. So I love that when people are thinking about that. It's also time because of climate change for us to really look at what our dietary habits are doing to the planet around us. Um, It's it's one of the number one uh, things, fossil fuels, coal, all that stuff. And the meat and dairy industry, factory farming. So it's time to make some tough decisions and have some tough conversations. So to all the new plant-based eaters and those that are trying it, awesome. I think that's a beautiful thing. The, the amount of celebrities that are constantly doing it is, is really wild to me. Um, every day I feel like I'm hearing more and more. Uh, I talked a little bit about it on the show last time, but you know, Drew Barrymore, Lizzo, Cardi B, uh, Tom Brady, uh, Kim Kardashian, Uh, tons of them. So let the new year be a time of exploration, reminding yourself that it doesn't mean it's a promise or commitment, but take it seriously and really see what kind of impact it can have. Reducing your drinking, stopping drinking, all these different things are a big deal. Moving our bodies more. You don't have to be, it's not about weight loss. It doesn't have to be about the gym. It doesn't have to be about weightlifting. Um, You don't have to sweat. You don't have to be no pain, no gain. Just move your body. Find pleasurable ways. It's always about pleasure. If something doesn't have pleasure, if something isn't fun, don't do it. 
I always say that to people. If the gym isn't fun, don't go. <laughs> if you don't like your job, it's not bringing you joy. See if you can find something else. We're living a more joy-centered life in 2022. All right, we gotta take a break. We'll be doing some DMs. Stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Got a question for us, topic you want us to cover, or something you want us to drop deeper into, let us know. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline, I started to talk to this girl about four to five months ago. Bum, 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 bum. Things are going really well. Dun, dun, dun. We aren't official. Okay, that's cool. Four to five months. Remember, y'all, you date to decide if you're compatible for a relationship. Dating isn't the relationship. Yes, we have accountability for these people. Yes, we are responsible for them. Yes, we they're in our care. Yes, you know we have to let them know where we're at. But dating means there's a casualness. So it's okay if you're not exclusive. Yet four to five months ain't that long. You got to experience things together to really see what you're made of. You know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, we aren't official, but we are exclusively seeing each other. Okay, do you? Um, I invited her over to my parents' house for the holidays. Oh no, bum, 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 bum. And she ultimately said no because she, and I quote, wants to meet them when she means something more to me, like an official girlfriend. Kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And uh, how she's spending Christmas with her friends and I'll be with my family and it doesn't seem right. Okay, I love this question because there's a lot to learn in this one. Number one, get away from using frameworks like right or wrong, because there is no right and there is no wrong. It's just different opinions. And again, we're working on this magical A word called acceptance, which means we're stepping out of judgment. You don't like what is going on for the holidays. That doesn't mean that you're right and she's wrong. She isn't right and you're not wrong. It's just different opinions. This person that makes sense to them and it doesn't to you. So again, the first thing is you have to just step outside of judgment. 
you can say, oh, that really bums me out. I'd like you to be there. Oh, it bums me out that I'm here with my family and you're with your friends. You can calmly and lovingly express that, but we don't punish them for it. We don't yell at them for it. We don't shame them for it. And no one's right, no one's wrong. So I wanna like bring it down. It's not a 10, it's not an eight, it's not a seven, it's like a four. You're bummed out. We wanna use the right words. You're bummed out, you're disappointed. Okay, cool, let's move on. Having said that, I do agree it is stupid that we can't meet people until we've reached milestones. If I'm dating someone for an hour and my mom is in town from Philadelphia, I'll introduce her to someone I've been dating for an hour because there's someone in my life for an hour and I talk to my mom about a lot of things and I like to her to put a face to a name, who cares? So I don't agree that like, unless we're married, unless we're serious, I can't meet your family, why, why? It doesn't have to mean anything other than you've been in my life for six months. I think you're super rad. I've talked about you and they'd like to meet you. Stop making it so deep. So you do have a right to say, I think you're putting more meaning in it than it has to have. And I would just like to spend the holidays with you. And I'd like to see what you're like with my family. Explain to them what it means to you. But I, I do, I would love for us ideally to get away from this idea that like, I can't meet someone's friends or I can't meet their family until it's something serious. That's not real. That is just an assumption that you're making, but it doesn't have to be a milestone. Again, like I said, whenever I'm dating someone, they meet whoever they meet when they meet them. It doesn't have to mean much more. And if I never see them again, my family or my friends still know who that person was. It doesn't have to be that deep. But I think the bigger issues don't, don't make this an issue. This is like a three or a four. You're disappointed and you're frustrated. That's it. No one harmed anyone, no one did anything bad. And so we have to crank it down because that's the basis of a lot of issues I see in couples is they're taking disappointments and frustrations and cranking them up like they're issues. That's not an issue. It's not a deal breaker. It's not a red flag, you know, and, and get better about that. If you're bummed out or disappointed, let it just be that. And you can just say that to her and you, and you both can FaceTime and say, Merry Christmas. And you can say to her, hey, you know, it would've been great to have you there. I understand that for you, it means something to meet my family, but for me, it doesn't. I like them to just know where I'm at and who's in my life. And uh, maybe by next year, you'll feel more comfortable doing that. And maybe you bring your family and them and, and you all have dinner at some point. Uh, but we should crank down the intensity of these like milestones because they don't have to be. And I think it's nice for people just to meet each other, but let it go. You know, let it go because she's also assessing your flexibility and your ability to just roll with things too, you know? All right, y'all, that is our show. Working on being better people. We'll be back tomorrow though. So stick around, join us tomorrow. Past episodes over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, share, re-listen. Uh, we're gonna talk tomorrow though about some of the best questions to ask a partner on date night. Oh yeah asking those questions, finding out about each other, assessing compatibility, the big old C word. Compatibility comes on many levels. We'll talk about that. So join us tomorrow. But as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out and you enjoy the rest of your night. Stay safe, y'all. Wear those masks, get boosted. Have a good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 